It's mock draft time on Peacock and Williamson. Matt Williamson's first mock draft of the 2024 draft season. How many quarterbacks? Who goes number one? Who rules the 2024 draft? All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everyone, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love the everydayers who are subscribed. Make sure you are, too. Hit that notification bell, the thumbs up. We appreciate it on YouTube. And, of course, you can find us everywhere you find your podcasts. And today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, Matt. Big decisions at the top of the NFL draft means big decisions for you with your mock NFL draft and what the Bears do uh, has a ripple effect throughout the first round and throughout the future history of the NFL. Without question. And we mentioned it a little bit yesterday, you know, fields could have some suitors. We mentioned the Steelers. I think Atlanta would make a ton of sense as well. And I really do think they will settle on Caleb Williams and all accounts out of senior bowl shrine bowl was that's the, the big vibe that you're hearing about the bears team. And I think that's correct. And I did put Caleb Williams in at number one question for you though, is, you know, Williams is from the DC area. The commanders just signed, uh, or just hired Kingsbury, his college coach. And as much as any team in the league, they need a a facelift, uh, you know, a, a, a guy to put on the billboard, somebody to get excited about with new ownership. If you were the commanders and the Bears, in this mock, I have Williams going one to Chicago, May going two to commanders. And frankly, the top of the draft's gotten kind of boring because every mock you see kind of has the same thing in the top four, but it's even in the top seven. And mine's pretty chalky as well. But if you were the commanders and you offered the Bears two and next year's first, would you swap if you're Chicago? And my thoughts are, not that I have a problem with Drake May, but if you're the Bears, maybe you keep Fields, draft Harrison at two, and say, let's go. You know what I mean? And have these all these other picks, and maybe not even next year's first is enough. It's my favorite scenario for the Bears if they decide to keep Fields. Yeah, but the yeah, yeah, decision yeah. won't be we're going to let another team pick the quarterback they want, and then we're going to pick the next quarterback at two. So it's either no, I think it'd be Harrison, yeah, or yeah, Williams, yeah. right? And so if the and yeah, you're right. The the words was Ryan Poles is willing to listen to some offers, but it would take a astronomical price to go up to number one to get. Caleb Williams Mm -hmm. and uh, even more than what he got last year for the Panthers to go up to number one. But to me, the decision for the bears is either you can't have this pick or Mm -hmm. it goes to the highest bidder. 
I can't imagine a scenario where a team bids so much that it changes the course you're going to take at quarterback. Now, do they love fields or not is the big question. Do they want to keep yeah. fields? Do they love Caleb Williams? You know, is there potential that because it's seeming more and more, Matt, and you tell me if I'm wrong here. And I haven't done all the work I'm going to do on these prospects or, or any of these prospects, but even the, the quarterbacks at the top who have watched the most of all these prospects, the gap is kind of getting bigger between Williams and the rest of them because it was like, oh, maybe even May could overtake Williams at one point, right? And even though Williams didn't have his best season, by the way, under Cliff Kingsbury, he might have been better the year before. Um, the it, it seems like Jaden Daniels, versus may is the conversation more than anybody actually going ahead of, I think so. of caleb williams yeah I, I think so i mean it's been like that for two years the, everyone's talked about what a transcendent talent williams is and okay he cries and he paints his nails and he didn't have the best season but i think everyone still looks at him and says if anyone's going to be a mahomes like player it's him and i'm jumping all over the opportunity to take him. And much unlike last year with Bryce Young at the top, it's going to be, I was almost going to say, double the cost to get the one than it was a year ago. So who can afford to make that move? To me, it's the commander. Washington. Yeah, right. Because then the Bears can still do whatever they want. They can trade down again for another quarter, mm-hmm. quarterback needy team at two and, and keep collecting picks that way to get the most out of that number one pick. Or they can still have the best player on their board that they want to pair with Justin Fields in Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. So... If I was to bet on which team that's not the Bears ends up with Caleb Williams, I think the fit for Washington is perfect. Now, the question is, Washington, I know there's all the the parallels we can draw and the lines we can connect there with Cliff Kingsbury, with the need of a quarterback, you know, D.C. kid, bring him home, um, selling tickets, which their coaching hires might not have done so far, right? Right, right. But the whole trust your process vibe i'm getting for from washington isn't a let's go all in on our very first draft pick let's play this thing out and if anyway anything add more picks this is a long-term build and not a a quick fix we're going to go get the first guy we can so i don't know if it fits from that angle but otherwise uh if you're the bears you would love to get probably just as much in trade to go to two as you would to go all the way back to say pick eight yeah right i mean you would get a lot to go from one to two at least next year's first probably more and I think you're right, though. I don't think the new Washington ownership is David Tepper-like, where I need to come in and make a splash. I think they're more of a slow burn, you know. And I hope the Bears keep fields, trade the pick, because it makes the draft season a lot more fun and a lot less mm-hmm. chalky, because if there's nothing fun happening at one, then we really don't have probably a lot of anticipation until maybe pick five with the Chargers. But let's go through this thing, and and you can tell me what and why, and we already know yeah. why. Caleb Williams is going number one to the Chicago Bears here in your mock draft. So what happens after that? Then I have Drake May going to Washington. Chalky. I have Jaden Daniels going to the Patriots. Chalky. And then I have Marvin Harrison going fourth to the the Cardinals. Also very chalky. But Marvin Harrison is a Calvin Johnson-like prospect. And having him fall to four still doesn't settle with me 100% right. Because he's so good. I mean there's an argument that he's clearly the best player in this entire draft and he's not a guard. He's not a safety. So I wonder too, and then these are all bigger conversations. The Patriots at three might say, we only like two of these quarterbacks. So, I mean, we only love two of these quarterbacks. Why not take Harrison at three and then try to will Levis it, you know, and get 
Knicks or Penix or somebody like that at the beginning of round two or get back in round one. I mean, they're going to have the 35th pick too. Wouldn't be hard to move from there. So I think that's something that people don't seem to be talking about enough. There's Harrison's might be too good to go to four, last to four. So if you think there's somebody that's going to shake this thing up, you think it's most likely New England at three, maybe? I think the biggest potential shakeup, I mentioned the top seven is pretty chalky. I think the draft almost kind of starts at eight with Atlanta, that maybe they're the one that just moves the two, three, whatever for a quarterback if they can't land a Cousins and, and pay a ransom for it. Interesting. So with the Los Angeles Chargers, so one through four, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback to start, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver from Ohio State to the Arizona Cardinals at number four. You've got Malik Neighbors, LSU wide receiver at five to the Chargers. Have seen it a lot. He's a dynamic athlete. Do you think it's that clear that he's number five, that that's almost become chalky now as well? It's pretty chalky, but I also think you have to try to get in Harbaugh's head, and that could be give me the best of a really, really good offensive tackle class or even a Brock Bowers there, just because if somehow you can bring back, you drafted a receiver in the first round last year, if somehow you can bring back Allen and or Williams, there might be a clearer path for Brock Bowers. But I think Neighbors makes the most sense to me. I really do feel like a Jim Harbaugh move there is to go Joe Alt and go offensive I know, tackle. I know. And, yeah, even though he's a left tackle, play him at right tackle. Uh, they're going to run the heck out of the football. That's mm-hmm. wide receiver five especially the the speedy version of it. Uh, and, and Malik Neighbors is a dynamic athlete. And the, the, the more I watch him, the more I love. I just don't know if I love that fit. So I, I think five yeah. could be pretty darn interesting and maybe even a trade-down scenario as well for a team that really loves one player, wants to get up for the best tackle, wants to get up for the next best wide receiver, something like that. But uh, you've got Malik Neighbors, LSU, going to the Los Angeles Chargers at pick number five. We will get to the rest of this mock draft, starting with pick number six. And... The New York Giants, what are they going to do? And what about the fourth quarterback? Who's that going to be? Where is it going to be in Matt Williamson's first 2024 mock draft? Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel America's number one sports book. And, you know, the NFL season's over. I know that's tough for a lot of folks, but how about some NFL draft props? We're talking about NFL mock drafts today. I love myself some NFL mock drafts, and I usually do find that uh, jumping in on those early, you can get some advantages if you know the draft and you know how things are going to go. But you can also get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 to play with if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and a whole lot more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoots your shot. FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NBA. Here we go. Pick number six. We got three quarterbacks, two wide receivers off the board in the first five picks. Uh, at some point, Matt, some folks are going to have to uh, block for those quarterbacks and, and cover <laughs> those wide receivers. So I have a feeling I know what the, the next uh, 20 picks at the end of the first round are going to look like. But we go to the New York Giants first to pick number six. And we go wide receiver, wide receiver after quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. You got Washington wide receiver, Rome Odunze. Yeah. And frankly, I think the best nine players in this draft are on offense and then maybe even more. So it's going to be heavy, heavy offense in the top 10. I mentioned neighbors went five, but maybe that's alt. Maybe that's Bowers. Giants, 
it could be neighbors or a Dunzier or alt. I mean, I think that makes all the sense in the world too. And then the Titans at seven, I have them taking alt, but would they turn their nose up? If he goes, oh, I'll just take neighbors or a Dunzier. Like, right. I, I kind of feel like they're all just going to go in that neighborhood if five, six, seven, and then it gets really interesting at eight. I got to say Titans fans right now are, are really, uh, they're 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 going through exactly what the Cincinnati Bengals went through a few years ago in the draft, where yeah. it's like, okay, we think we have a good young quarterback, and it's a chicken or the egg argument. Do we take the best wide receiver that's on the board to help our young quarterback throw to him, but maybe he's getting hit too much, or do we get the best offensive lineman possible for our quarterback to block for him and not worry as much about who he's throwing to. Cause he's not going to throw to anybody if he's not upright. And we saw with the Bengals, I thought they should have clearly gone with Penny Sewell. They ended up with Jamar chase. They're feeling okay about it. But mm-hmm. in the end, there was no wrong answer because the Detroit lions absolutely love that. They got themselves the offensive lineman in, uh, in Penny Sewell there. Uh, but I gotta, I gotta lean toward Joe Alt here, especially if, you know, it's not a question of, the top receiver in the class, you know, if it's Harrison or Alt, yeah, yeah. okay. But at this point, number seven feels like Joe Alt's going to be gone by that pick at the very least. And maybe even earlier, but it's just that yeah. it'd probably be easy to put him with the chargers, or the giants, if they didn't already spend so much draft capital on offensive tackles. Yeah. And I think the Titans would run the, the pick to the podium. If that's still how it works at seven, but wouldn't complain if it's a Duzier or neighbors either. They're in a really good spot for their needs. Can't wait for the reactions to this one. Atlanta Falcons fans, you can find Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL on Twitter. You can drop a comment in the YouTube. J.J. McCarthy, quarterback from Michigan. This is one of the highest spots I've seen for him. Uh, I've seen him go all the way up at number five in some weird scenarios. Uh, I don't think that's very likely, but pick number eight might be the ceiling for J.J. McCarthy in this draft. And he seems to be uh, trending toward being the clear number four quarterback in this class. Yeah, the Senior Bowl didn't do Knicks or Penix a ton of favors. And here's my thought process here. Do I think McCarthy's the eighth best player in this draft? Right now, I do not. But I'm pretty convinced Atlanta is going to be very aggressive at quarterback. And most mocks you see have them taking, like, the top edge guy off the board at eight. And this doesn't sit quite right with me. I mean, maybe they would if they have Cousins signed or Fields traded for or something like that. But I wasn't allowed to do trades, and I don't. I can't predict the future for free agency. And some good sources have told me that the quote draft Knicks, who I respect to no end, haven't given McCarthy the credit he's about to get when he goes to Indy because his interviews are going to blow people away. The teammates aspect of it, the winner, you know, national champ, and people think he's going to test much better than a lot of the quote draft Knicks have said. So I mean, McCarthy's got a great arm. He's athletic. Yeah. Uh, he showed up early as a true freshman playing at Michigan too. It, it's just that th- he played for a coach who runs the ball a lot. If, yeah, if right, right, right. Maybe just if he was just in a different system by itself, he might have been able to shine a little bit more statistically. And you know, the draft nicks out there and people watching college football might have been more blown away by him as a prospect. So I could totally see pro teams liking him a lot more than what he's getting yeah. credit for right now. And th- and eventually that comes out, and I think that'll come out in Indy. He's played a lot of football too, which is important. Yep. Big, yep, yep, yep. And he's still pretty young. I mean, he's not as old as like Penix and Knicks have been six year players, you know. My thing with the Falcons, and it's probably why the first seven, six of the first seven picks have become more chalky than, than the rest of the first round is I don't think the Falcons are picking at eight without a quarterback on draft day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear They're either at one 
right? Or they're they've already got a quarterback. Two or three, or yes. yeah. Yeah. No, I tend to agree. That's the hard. That's kind of where the draft starts for me. I think those first seven players have a real good chance to be the first seven players in some order, and then Atlanta gets hard to you know start pigeonholing, especially when there's no free agency, you know, information or trades allowed. Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia, goes to the Chicago Bears at pick number nine, their second selection in this draft to pair with Caleb Williams. They've already got a pretty good tight end, but at this point, you're just looking for the best pass catcher available. If tight end goes five and, you know, Malik Neighbors is still there, then you run that card up too. Yeah, and a lot of people have defense going here. I just think if you're going to use the first overall pick on a quarterback, I would love to bring in his roommate, his buddy. Let some pass catcher grow with Williams. And if you look at it a little further, I mean, they hired Seattle's offensive coordinator who plays a ton of 12 and 13 personnel. I mean, Bowers is a lot different than Komet. You know, they'd be on the field together. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I can see offensive tackle here. I could absolutely see the first Mm -hmm. defensive, you know, end off the board. Yeah, yeah. Number nine. And that's kind of the argument of keeping Justin Fields. It's like, well, there's still a lot of a lot of needs on this team. You can get a lot of high end you could really complete your football team. If Fields is the quarterback, you could complete the rest of your football team and build that foundation for a really good squad with this draft. And so I, I can see the argument from Bears fans that, that really love Justin Fields and want him to be the guy because then you sure. could uh, do a lot more. But um, I think this is probably closer to how things will go. I could see tackle that you have going next here. Olu Fashanu, who's kind of slowly dropped, but not dropped too far as a prospect out of Penn State. He's going to the New York Jets at 10. I think they run this one up to the podium. You know, like uh, this guy could be, there was a lot of talk that he could be second or third pick in the draft just a month or two ago. I mean, he's really done nothing wrong since then. Great tackle draft. Jets should just benefit from that. Preseason, it was Williams, May, Fashanu, and every yep. mark. Yep, yep, yep. Dallas Turner, Alabama edge to Minnesota at pick number 11. And then Jared Verse, another edge right after that to Denver. I think these teams are difficult because. What's the quarterback situation for the Vikes and Broncos? I could absolutely see an edge or best defensive player coming off the board right around this neighborhood. So that's this is when it starts to get hairy. I mean, I, I hope people don't hold this against me three months from now. Mocks in February are pretty tough. I mean, uh, the Bears, I mean, teams like that may have spent a fortune on defense or, you know, I mean, you don't know what they're going to spend their money on. But edge guys make a lot of sense right in this neighborhood for me. It's pretty amazing, Matt. How important are quarterbacks? Well, you go quarterback one, two, three, and then you get the pass catchers for those quarterbacks with the next three picks. And then the entire rest of the mock draft is pass protectors, offensive tackles, corners to cover those wide receivers and edge rushers to get after those quarterbacks. Almost entirely yeah. the rest of this draft is pretty phenomenal. And it's a good class for those positions exactly. through, the, through the rest of round one. It's a deep class as well. There's some really good players going all the way through pick 32 here at a lot of those positions. And uh, you see, you have Turner and Jared Verse going back to back there, edge rushers for the Vikings and the Broncos. And then you come back with Terry on Arnold, Alabama, cornerback to the Raiders at 13. He's making a really strong case, from what I understand, as being the best corner in this draft. I look at the Raiders and think there's eight different directions they could go, but corners as good as any. Raiders are the, the, the like the ultimate best player available team, I think. Yeah. The, yeah. They're in the middle of the first round. You're going to get one of those guys that's really high on your. Uh, on your board as a true blue chip first round player, just take the take the top name and, and send. Yeah, it. and maybe I'd have put McCarthy there if I didn't give him to the Falcons. New Orleans Saints 
Talise Fuaga, offensive tackle from Oregon State. Uh, very similar scouting report to the guy they drafted in the first round recently. He was a big-time senior bowl guy, loves to bury uh, defensive players, physical player. So uh, they've got a nice little pairing in offensive tackle there to the New Orleans Saints if they go Fuaga at 14. Yeah, Penning hasn't worked out, though, and I think Penning might be a guard. My problem with this pick is Ramchek is still entrenched as the right tackle, but maybe Fawaga's a guard for a year or two. I just think best O-lineman available made a lot of sense for the Saints here. Does Penning chase the Saints off of Fawaga? Because I think he's going to get the same treatment as people say, oh, maybe. not the longest arms. Maybe he's only a right tackle, can never move over to the left side. Maybe we actually like him better at guard. Does he get that treatment? Do you keep Penning at offensive tackle and move Fuaga in to guard could it still fit so that's an interesting one there do they is he is he too similar depending as a prospect yeah that's a great question but it, what's interesting now is outside the top two tackles not that they can't change but um Guyton Latham Mims they've all been predominantly or exclusively right tackles and, and so that's kind of odd and you'd have to really sit down with the young men and say how comfortable you are flipping to the left or can you switch your current, you know, right to left or all those type of things? But Fawaga of all of them is more prototypical right than some of these other guys like Guyton. We'll finish up the first half of the, the first round here. Pick number 15 is the Indianapolis Colts. Layatu Latu, edge rusher from UCLA. Might not light the combine on fire. I don't know where he's hmm. going to go. He's, he's got a ton of, you know, skills. Do the tools get him in the first half of the first round? The production does. I mean, hopefully the medicals aren't an issue. He had to retire kind of like Jalen Phillips did at one point. Um, Indy, all of a sudden to me, doesn't have a lot of needs. You know, like I thought about just putting in their best receiver here, or I just figured let's just throw some more edge. I mean, they've drafted a lot of edge guys high. All right. We'll finish up the second half of Matt Williamson's first mock draft of the 2024 offseason, 16 through 32 next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your vehicle on the road with ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Let's run through the back half of this first round in your mock draft, starting with pick 16, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in bunches here, Matt, and you tell me what really stands out to you and your thought process here as you attach players to teams in Williamson's mock number one. Seattle Seahawks, Byron Murphy, Texas defensive tackle. You got the first interior offensive lineman in Oregon center, Jackson Powers Johnson going to the Jacksonville Jaguars at 17. Pick 18, Cincinnati Bengals, J.C. Latham, Offensive tackle from Alabama. Murphy to me would be a Ravens like pick. You know, he could uh, he could be your Matabuke for the new head coach there. Jacksonville to me kind of needs some stability. And I think just adding a rock solid center adds stability. 
I don't think the Bengals are going to bring back Jonah Williams. I think there's a really good chance that's an offensive tackle at 18. Los Angeles Rams going Cooper DeJean, cornerback out of Iowa. Are you uh, are you <laughs> are you looking at a, at a future safety or is he a cornerback for you in the NFL? Isn't it fair because of uh, his uh, his pale skin tone that he's getting yeah. that safety treatment in the NFL draft process? Dude's athletic as heck. I urge anyone to just go to YouTube and look at his basketball highlights. You'll quickly forget his pale skin tone. And if you're questioning his athleticism, he's an off the charts athlete that I think is a big outside corner, but I, I kind of compare him to like a Jalen Ramsey where he could come play this, be a big physical slot. He could play off the ball. He'll tackle. Uh, I have a, I have a thought that he may end up as like the 10th pick overall after Indianapolis. Yeah, big combine for Cooper DeJean. That's going to be fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cornerback out of Iowa. Going to the Rams at pick number 19 here. Your Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt, at pick 20. Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, following up that pick with uh, pick 21. The Miami Dolphins going offensive line. Washington offensive tackle, probably moving inside the NFL. Troy Fotano. Mm-hmm. I, I think Miami should almost just go best O-line available. Fotano kind of reminds me of Skaronsky last year of mm-hmm. probably not a tackle, but he'll fit in somewhere on that line. And, you know, Steelers, if you could match ultra-talented Guyton with an ultra-talented Broderick Jones from last year, that's a premium position that has dripping with talent to develop that you usually wouldn't get that guy at 20 most years. Right. It's similar similar idea, too. Raw prospect, you're going to have yep. to work in in development. Maybe he doesn't, you know, start for you right away, but he's got the, the physical tools to clearly be a starting offensive tackle in the NFL. Had a nice week senior bowl too was probably helped yeah. a lot of things might keep him in that top 20 speaking of nice week of senior bowl the eagles of 22 with uh quinion mitchell from toledo I've, I've seen him mocked higher too but i think they'd be thrilled to get him at that spot I, i've heard the teams are in love with this guy he yeah, might even, yeah. end up being the number one corner off the board quinion mitchell out of toledo i knew nothing about him coming into the process huge senior bowl made a lot of money that last week yep he's got it all really i mean he showed that he could play press coverage he's a great athlete so, yeah, th- this would be a home run, I think, for the Eagles at 22. Pick 23, Houston Texans. This is the pick from Cleveland. Zerjan Newton, defensive tackle out of Illinois. You've got Graham Barton, offensive lineman out of Duke, going to the Cowboys at pick 24. Pick 25 is the Green Bay Packers. Another offensive tackle, another raw pro- uh, project sort of a tackle, but with uh, all the physical ability you want in a Marius Mims offensive tackle out of Georgia. My thought with the Texans was D'Amico Ryans from a Niners perspective. Just give me more and more talented defensive linemen. The Cowboys could lose two starting offensive linemen. I think Barton would be their starting center, but he could be Zach Martin's replacement eventually at guard. And the Packers, hey, if you're going to give me a really talented guy in Mims, maybe he ends up being Bakhtiari's replacement or keep it the right side. They'll figure out something good to do with him. A lot of similarities there with Mims and and Guyton, and it'll just yeah, kind of be yeah, depending yeah. on which which player teams feel more comfortable with. Maybe they liked the Senior Bowl week, and that's probably why uh, Guyton's stock's a little bit higher right now. But Mims mm-hmm. is, is right there with like man, yeah, you're talking about raw ability. There's some injury questions teams are gonna have to wade through, but he he's a guy that if he went back to school and had a full healthy season, might be a top five pick next year. I mean, the problem with both of them is there's just not a lot of tape. I mean, Oklahoma had two tackles drafted really high. I mentioned Jones. I mean, Georgia's, it's always hard to get on the field, but I, I'm told Mims is going to put on a show in Indy. LSU just keeps pumping out wide receivers. The second one showing up in this first round mock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU wide receiver at pick 26. Arizona Cardinals from the Houston Texans 
Ennis Rakestraw Jr., cornerback out of Missouri. You got the Buffalo Bills coming up at pick 28 with Keon Coleman, big wide receiver out of Florida State. Yeah, I don't know if Evans goes back to Tampa or not. I don't know that it matters. You know, I mean, I think that he's not going to be there for long, and maybe Godwin isn't either. It's another team that could could, could go a lot of different directions. Um, Arizona could go any direction. I mean, it, just give me something on defense was my thought here. And then the Bills, I think they need a receiver in a pretty bad way. I mean, especially the way Diggs looked in the second half of the season, and Gabe Davis is a free agent. You know, I, I didn't really think about this one before, but I like the, the just the the fit of Coleman in the Bills needing a wide yeah. receiver, and the way Coleman wins give Josh Allen that big, tall downfield ball winner with that arm. Just create I big like play. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to have the. And you can go go find yourself some more route runners and in some other things, you know. But Coleman and the Bills and Josh Allen, I kind of like that pairing. Yeah, when we were sitting there picking, I'm like, "Ooh, Keon Coleman's still available. That would really yeah. fit in well. I'm a big body guy and that weather too. And I, I like that situation. Unbelievable run on offensive linemen, corners, and, and wide receivers in this first round. We've got Detroit Lions going Alabama cornerback Kool Aid. McKinstry, he's not just a good name either. He's he's a smart cornerback, a really good player. I like him as a first-round guy at the end of the first round here. Baltimore Ravens, Darius Robinson, defensive lineman from Missouri. A perfect team fit there. I love that Big one. Time. We love him yeah. for the 49ers as well. The next pick, you got them going cornerback out of Clemson, Nate Wiggins at 31. And then Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, pick 32, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver out of Texas. So Worthy, I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but he has insane speed. I teased it yesterday that I think they need a a field stretcher player. I mean, he may be – I think he's going to burn the, the, the track up in Indy. And, yeah, he's smaller, but Rice and Kelsey do the underneath stuff. Lions, I'm, I'm going to – every mock I do, I'm going to give them best corner available. I think Robinson, as you mentioned, is a perfect, versatile fit for the Ravens. I'm sure you wouldn't mind Wiggins, but – especially after yesterday's conversation, I probably would have preferred to put a tackle there for the Niners. It, it, there's not the tackles. It's kind of, they're going to have to move up. And I think yeah, they're yeah. aggressive and they've shown the, 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 the aggressive tendencies. They might go up to get an offensive tackle if that's what they want. But, you know, corner, um, depending on what I happens. I thought about the IU, BYU tackle there, but it seemed a little early. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Uh, and defensive you never count on a defensive lineman for this 49ers regime. No either. So a lot of ways they could go. And uh, yeah, I mean, you saw it in the Super Bowl. Like uh, he, the, the Chiefs were, the Chiefs were locking guys down in coverage. You got to have cover guys in the NFL, even if you do have a really good uh, front seven and front four mm-hmm. on defense. So, you know, corner is one of those I could absolutely see for the 49ers outside type cornerback. Give them a little more man coverage potential. Yes. You know, as, a, as a defense, I think that would pay off. There's Matt Williamson's mock draft number one. Find him on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Let him know what he got right, what he got wrong in the YouTube comments as well. And tomorrow we are fielding your questions. Off-season mailbag. Hit us up on Twitter at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL or on YouTube. Matt and I back tomorrow. Peacock and Williamson.